of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today, we hear at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, uh, Mark begins his Gospel at the beginning. In verse 1, he says, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, God had spoken in the Old Testament concerning the one who would come as the forerunner, one like Elijah. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So as Mark's gospel opens, we find the stage is almost set for the beginning of Jesus' ministry. John the Baptist is there to prepare the way. So the people will be ready to receive the Messiah. He was a voice crying in the wilderness. And he was the last of the prophets. He was sent to level the hills, to raise the valleys, to straighten out the crooked ways, and smooth the rough places, to prepare the way of the Lord. When we find John... In our reading today, we, we find him in the wilderness, which seems somewhat unusual. It's not that he couldn't find any place to preach in the city. God had sent him to preach in the wilderness, as it had been prophesied. And granted, this is probably not the wisdom of the world. Uh, how many people could you draw out into the wilderness? Surely a city, one of the cities would have been a better place, place to uh, do this preaching. But the wisdom of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. And not only did the people come, they came in droves. And it raises another interesting question then, why did they come? They came because of the message that was being preached. They came because of its hope and its authority. Now, there's no doubt that the people came to John because he had a message that appealed to them. They willingly made this trek from the surrounding countryside to hear this strange preacher. He was strange in one sense. He did not live like other men. We hear he clothed himself in a garment of camel's hair. He ate locusts and wild honey. And no doubt some people may have just come out of curiosity. But the vast majority appear to have come because of his message. They were attracted to John's message because John spoke of a universal need. Deep within us all, there is a realization of our sin. While many probably would like to deny the reality of sin, it doesn't make it go away. It's still there. Some may intellectually deny it, but in their hearts they will feel the burden of it. And it presses in on them. The knowledge of our imperfections is inescapable. Who hasn't felt the sting of consciousness of wrong thoughts or wrong actions? Along with the knowledge of our sins comes an accompanying guilt of our sin. Our souls are equipped with a consciousness, uh, a, a somewhat of, of a compass, if you will, from God. 
When we sin, it is like we cut a wound in that consciousness. And we feel this pain of guilt and this need for forgiveness. And here is John now preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Here is real hope. And that's why they came to John. So they came. And they came. And they came. Out of the wilderness. Out into the wilderness they came. John's message drew them because it spoke to this universal need. Now some may dance around the issue of sin. But John was dealing with it head on. And they wanted to hear what he had to say. Not only did John's message speak to this universal need, but John's message offered hope. And the word got out. This strange man of the wilderness was preaching, and he was baptizing, and people were coming. We are all attracted to a message of hope. And you see, John did not preach condemnation. He preached reconciliation based on repentance from sin. Now, may, some may have talked of him as being harsh and unloving because he told the truth. But while he told the truth about their sin, he did not want the sinner to stay in it. He preached a, a word of deliverance. This was part of the attractiveness of his message. And not only did his message have certain appealing elements, which is, you know, attracted these people... People recognized the authority that was in John the Baptist. He spoke as one who was telling the truth from God. John's message was one of repentance. He called them to turn from their sins. A change of heart was required, and that's what really repentance is all about. And that is why on occasion he told the scribes to show evidence of your repentance. Because they had shown no fruit of their repentance, or their supposedly repentance. And he called all of these to confess their sins. Because that's where true repentance begins. And it takes a humble person to confess their sins. Only as we acknowledge that we are sinners, that we have a need to turn from our sinful ways, do we lay that foundation for repentance. Repentance is necessary not just to come to Christ. Repentance is necessary to maintain our close relationship with Christ. Repentance at its essence means both a change of mind and heart and a change in behavior throughout our lives. Repentance means that we turn from our ways because we've been convinced by God that we were wrong. It means that we confess our sin. That we humbly place ourselves before God. We lay down our pride. And, and we bow down before him. And John called these people to publicly acknowledge their response by baptism. This kind of open repentance and confession of sin goes a long way for preparing the way of the Lord's coming. In true repentance, we pull down the mountains of our pride. We straighten out our crooked dealings of our thoughts. We smooth out the rough places. We prepare ourselves 
for the Lord coming into our heart through repentance. This is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. John's message pointed to the one that was coming. John was only the forerunner to lead to Christ. He knew that his ministry was to be the one who points to the Messiah. And that is why he said that he was unworthy even to untie the laces of Christ's sandals. John saw that his message was only a beginning. He may have been the last of the prophets, but he was pointing the way to a new beginning. Christ would complete what John had started in one sense. John would fade into the background as Christ came into the foreground. And that was fine by John. Only Christ can take us into the kingdom of God. Repentance and forgiveness are the beginning of God's work in our lives. And it prepares us for our life with Christ. John the Baptist said, I, baptize, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That is the good news. That is the good news. That is the hope that John was preparing in the wilderness. And that's why the people came. That's why they still come today. That's why we are here today. When we hear about John the Baptist, we hear the theme of hope, of repentance and confession, of forgiveness, the great hope of forgiveness, the release of that guilt and fear, and the possibility of that new life in Christ, and that ongoing life in Christ. And because repentance, again, is not just something we do to come to Christ. It is part of our ongoing walk with him. So let us hear afresh today. Repent for the forgiveness of sins and continue to stay close to our Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.